Hello and welcome to our podcast, Life in Law, hosted by Acorn Recruitment in connection with the Swansea JOD. I'm Michael Ives, Legal Recruitment Specialist. Today, with us today, we have the Director and Head of Recoveries and Professional Liability at JCP Solicitors, Sophie Thomas. Thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Currently working from home, um, enjoying this terrible weather we're having. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so yeah, firstly, I just wanted to cover um, a bit about yourself, your journey, kind of how you went from sort of LLB student to um, head of a team, really. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I, I studied LLB um, law at Cardiff University. Um, I applied to do law, um, having studied it at A-level at Gosignan College in Swansea and having enjoyed um, my studies. Um, wasn't necessarily something that I dreamed of doing from from a young girl, but it's a path I've followed and I ended up where I am today. Um, so I studied LLB in Cardiff from 2003 to 2006. Um, during the course of my degree, um, I undertook various uh, work experience placements at different um, law firms and enjoyed um, enjoyed the time that I spent there and realised that I wanted to um, become a solicitor. Um, I'd also spent some time at um, undertaking some mini pupillages with um, barristers' chambers, and while they helped me to realise I wanted a career in law, um, I, I knew that the, the barrister route wasn't going to be something that, that was for me. Um, so yeah, so then I decided I wanted to study the LPC, so I went straight through um, and did the LPC at Swansea University um, from 2006 to 2007. Um, I'm from Llanelli originally, so I'd moved up to Cardiff to do my degree um, and decided I wanted to move, move back west to, to live at home and, and study the LPC. Um, I hadn't had a training contract uh, before I started the LPC. Um, I'd been for one or two interviews which hadn't been successful, um, but I thought I wanted just to go straight through and carry on my studies. Um, again, during um, LPC, I, I undertook some work experience and then in the Easter of um, my LPC year, um, JCP solicitors said that they were looking for a trainee solicitor to start um, in the September. I applied, um, was interviewed, um, and at that point, part of the interview and selection process was um, to go there for a week-long work experience placement. So I spent a week there during the Easter holidays, um, where I shadowed uh, various members of staff and I had to complete different um, tasks during the course of the week. So I'd have one task where I had to write a will, do some research on PI damages, things like that. Um, then submitted the coursework um, at the end of the week and um, a few weeks later I was told I'd been successful um, in getting the training contract so um, I was really fortunate um, I started the LPC not having a training contract um, and by the Easter then I had one to start um, immediately once I, fought, once, I, once I finished my studies um, at Swansea um, so yes, yeah, so I started my training contract with JCP September 2007, um, did two years there, spent a year um, in the commercial litigation team, which is now the recoveries and professional liability team that I am the head of, um, and I also undertook two other seats in um, property and wills and probate. Um, I knew 
during the course of my training contract that I wanted to work in litigation um, and was keen to have a NQ job um, undertaking litigation work. Um, but when it came to qualifying in 2009, it was um, immediately after we'd had the recession and unfortunately there weren't any jobs at JCP um, in the area I wanted to to specialise in. So um, I finished my training contract in 2009. Um, I spent a short three months at a licensed conveyances, um, working as a paralegal once I qualified, just so I could stay in the law and um, keep working. Um, so while I qualified as a solicitor at that point, I was only I was undertaking a paralegal role without a practising certificate, um, which is fine. You know, I could see that there was room for progression there and I was just concerned about keeping my foot in the water, um, if that makes sense. Um, and then by, I'd um, spoken to recruitment consultants before I'd qualified and had my CVs out with various ones. And then to cut a long story short, um, I was um, interviewed at Ebersheds in Cardiff and got a job in their um, title rectification and professional negligence team, which I started in February 2008. 10. <laughs> so I started the, yes, yeah, so I got the job in Ebersheds, um, which I started in February 2010. Um, I spent 18 months there commuting back and forth from Schlatley, which at the time was fine because I was living with my parents and being dropped off at the train station. I'd have my, my tea on the table when I got home. Um, but it was a, a very long day. I was out of the house for 12 hours, um, three hour round trip on uh, Arriva Trains Wales isn't ideal. Um, so I spent 18 months there and then a job came back up at JCP um, in the team I wanted to work in. Um, so I applied for that and was successful and have been back at JCP then since um, May 2011. Um, so I went back into the team that um, I really enjoyed during my training contract as an associate solicitor. Um, and have stayed in that team ever since and have worked um, my way up. I was made a director in April 2017 um, and then took on um, in April 2019 I've um, taken over the role of head of team, um, the so head of the recoveries and professional liabilities team. Um, also I think it was in 2017 or 2018 um, I was made the firm's training principal um, so I look after um, the 10 trainees that we have ensure that they're receiving proper training and deal with any queries or um, concerns that they may have during the course of their training contract. Um, so I've got two hats really, I've got my Fiona hat and um, head of team hat where I, I do my, um, I've got my head of, I've lost my train of thought now. So I wear two hats, um, my Fiona hat um, as head of the recoveries and professional liability team and then I also have my training, um, training principal hat um, as well. So it's uh, quite a well-rounded role which I, which I really enjoy. Okay, nice, and um, that's a good, good overview. Um, <laughs> um, so going back to um, the start almost, um, I know you said you secured lots of work experience and mini pupillage. Hmm. By, um, by doing that, doing that early on, did that sort of give you a good idea of where you wanted to go in your career and like why you wanted to go into litigation? Did that help you with your sort of direction? Yes, with the career, certainly not necessarily um, you know, the, the choice of litigation. When, when I speak to students and we go to careers fairs and um, we have our drop-in sessions at the 
well, we used to have the drop-in sessions at the office pre-COVID-19. Um, I always, the number one tip, what I always say is to students is to get as much work experience as possible and to get it all um, as early on as, as you can as well. Um, it's, you know, it's great to have work experience on your CV. Um, it's a really good talking point when you're going for job interviews, you can draw on your experiences and, and tell interviewers about what you've been doing or tasks you've undertaken etc but it's also important for you as a person to to get an experience of what you want to do um you know we're, we're in these in this job for a long time nine to five monday to friday for the best part of i don't know 40 years now um so you have to make sure that you you enjoy what you're doing and it's something that you want to do because you're putting a lot of effort into your degree your lpc your training contract you know it's a lot of hard work and a lot of money as well so you need to make sure um you know what you want to do and it is the right thing for you um and getting work experience in different types of law firms as well is really important um i remember somebody telling me when i was in uni that you should go to a high street firm um you know it's a smaller firm with three or four directors go try and go to a a large national or international firm if possible um, and then maybe try something medium-sized as well so that will give you an idea not just of the type of law but the type of firm you want to work in as well because they're all they're all very different um, it'll it'll help you decide what you want to do and help you for your interview um, interview questions and it'll also bolster your CV for when and when people are looking at your CVs doing the selection process they'll They'll be able to see a dedication from you to to the to law and a career in law as well how would you recommend that people secure um sort of work experience ask um <laughs> some you know it's just, it's, i know i make it sound simple and I, I know a lot of students we speak to in, in careers fairs etc say they're desperately trying to get work experience um, and some struggle um but i think what what my top tips are go and speak to the careers um, teams at your universities and um, a lot of them arrange placements direct with um, HR department but what what I did is I contacted the HR people at the firms I wanted to work in so do your research have a look um, on the firm's website see who their HR manager is and drop them an email or connect with them on LinkedIn and send them a message on there um, what I would do as well is rather than just sending a generic email saying, can I please have work experience, maybe say why you want to have work experience with the firm and just a little bit of research on the firm to see what you can find out about them and mention that just so that we can see that you are interested in the firm and, and you want to want to come to us. Um, and then it'll also make you stand out from the crowd as well. Um, the other advice I would say is just to keep an eye out on different firms' social media because we off with us we have our we attend careers fair, so we were in Cardiff University in the autumn, um, met with students there, um, and we took lists of students interested in work experience, and they were all then contacted. Um, and where we could accommodate, we um, we took them on to do work experience in our different offices. Um, and also maybe JLD as well, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later on. Um, there are, that'll always be a good opportunity to meet other people um, in different firms and ask, ask people. Um, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, and be persistent. You know, you, there's nothing worse than sending out 
I don't know, 20 or 30 letters to people or emails and, and not getting a reply or getting lots of rejections. But I think persistence is key as well. Great. And um, regarding your training contract with um, JCP, so you said um, you had to pick an application. Was that a letter you had to do? Did you have to interview as well? Or was it just that one week trial you had? Yeah, so I, it was a relatively straightforward process. Um, so I, I think I just sent a covering letter and my CV. Um, I was then called for interview. Um, I did, um, I think it must have been an hour long interview with that with the training principal and head of HR at the time. Um, they asked me, can't remember exactly what they asked me because it was a long time ago now, but I remember them asking me some general questions and then some technical questions based on what I'd been studying at the time. Um, and that was that. Was that. Um, I then was called back to do a sort of second round. So there was three of us. Um, we were all in the same class uh, in university. The three of us got called back and we all did a week's work experience placement. Um, it was a very much a typical work experience, but I suppose they must have spent the week watching us. Um, and they'd also given us those tasks to undertake, which I think they must have um, reviewed and marked then as, as part of the process. And it was um, that that was the interview process for me so I thought even perhaps if I didn't get get the job at least I had work experience to add to for, for the next job I applied for um, so it worked really well and, and um, I was lucky. You, you said that you had a couple applications before that were rejected do you think you kind of learned from that that experience did you get any feedback from the ones before you, you got rejected on? There's two I can, I can think of. One was a, a firm in Patalbert. Um, and the, the, when I think back now, perhaps at the time, it probably wasn't going to be, it wouldn't have been a training contract I would necessarily enjoy because it was a, a quite a significant childcare focus, which I hadn't studied any sort of family law or childcare law at the time. And having spoken to people who do work in that area now, I think I probably more safety to litigation so I think the feedback I had from that is that they were looking for somebody with the childcare experience the childcare knowledge um, and the passions to undertake childcare um, law and then a, another firm um, I didn't feel the interview went that well um, the questions some of the questions I, I didn't answer very well and I suppose it was one of the first interviews I'd, I'd done um, and it was a you know it was a good experience for me and it certainly helped me to prepare for for future interviews um, and yeah so that that was that. And um, just in regards to the law that you cover is it mainly being sort of recoveries and professional liability? Since I've qualified yeah since I've qualified I, I worked in Ebersheds for a bit which was a similar sort of area. Um, the cl clients I work for mainly are institutional clients rather than individuals. I do have a couple of um, individual clients that I that I act for and advise, um, but um, the majority of my work tends to be for banks and building societies, and that's it's work I enjoy. Um, so the recoveries work. Um, and, and debt, debt recovery um, and commercial recoveries for banks, builders, societies and other um, companies and um, commercial entities um, across, across South Wales and, and nationally. Um, and then the professional liability tends to be professional negligence claims against um, other solicitors or accountants, architects, surveyors, things like that. So what, what would your kind of average day look like in those kind of cases? 
good question. Um, average day would tend to be, um, so I'll maybe get into work um, or get to my desk in the kitchen as it currently stands, um, check my emails, maybe deal with um, a couple of quick quick um, emails I can fire back to clients or opponents. Um, then I'd probably sit down and do a, a larger task. Um, could be drafting a claim form, drafting witness evidence, long letters, um, calls with clients, speaking to barristers, um, advising clients on um, routes to recovery and the strategy and options available to them. Um, sometimes then perhaps I'll have a, a trainee who wants to have a chat with me about something, um, whether they've got a, an issue that they want need to deal with or they want some advice from me or um, whether we need to review anything with them. Um, yeah, just speaking, I tend to speak to the institutional clients on the phone a lot more, so that's quite nice to have um, client contact and you, you get to know the, the people that you're dealing with really well because some of them I've been dealing with now for the best part of 10 years. Um, so they, they become your, your friends in a way, I suppose. You speak to them quite often, so it's quite nice to have the consistency um, to dealing with the same client day in day out um yeah that's my typical day really it can vary you know so things come in that you have to deal with urgently um and no two days are really the same excellent and in your role as um the tra trainee principal where do you think that people struggle with their training contracts um not necessarily no people struggle with training contracts we've got a really good setup um with us and all, all our trainees, certainly in the last couple of years I've been dealing with it, have done really well. Um, I suppose we, the way that it's set up with us, it means that we don't get the opportunity, they don't get the opportunity to, to start a struggle because we review matters with them quite regularly. And I like to think that my, my door is always open as well as other managers and supervisors and HR as well. Um, so the way, works um, with them is that they do um, four seats on a six-month rotation sometimes they'll double up and do 12 months in a team um, but that usually is if if they're really enjoying it and fitting in well and want to stay in the team um, but then I'll have um, a review with the, each of the trainees every three months um, so we'll do a mid-seat review and end-of-seat review um, and those reviews come around so quickly um, by the time we fill out all of the the reflection forms and and meet and do any follow-up work and then they're coming round again um so i'd like you know if there's any problems then we tend to deal with them as part of the review but more often than not if anybody's got any issues or concerns with any of the trainees they'll just deal with them face to face head on and get them nipped in the bud before they become a, a real issue um yes yeah, so no it's, it's everything works quite well with them um i suppose the main concern that's trainees tend to have is what's going to happen um, after the two years when they qualify. Um, I, I, hope, I hope that I'm able to guide them and provide them with advice as to as to what their options are and you know if there's opportunities within the firm then that's always you know really really nice to see the trainees qualify into the firm and stay um, as NQs but unfortunately um, we can't always keep every trainee so it's a case of then giving them advice drawing on my own experience um, which hopefully is, is comforting when they you know when they see that I was in the same boat as them um, a while ago I was they didn't have a job when I qualified was uh, looking for jobs and you know everything worked out okay and I ended, ended up coming back to JCP so I, 
I like to think that that experience that um, that I had has helped me to to give them advice um, and encouragement to say that you know everything will work out. Um, just got to have perseverance and have confidence and keep your eye out for opportunities. Okay, and you must see a lot of individuals applying for your training contracts. What mistakes do you commonly see? Oh right, um, I think with applications. It's just very obvious, even you know, at first glance, how much effort somebody's put into an application. With us, we have um, just an application form with various questions on, and then sometimes um, an applicant will send their covering letter um, as well. My biggest bugbear is when um, the applicants have their spell check on, but the US version and S's suddenly come out as Z's. So if you say specialise with a Z, that's probably one nitpick of mine. Um, also any typos, um, spelling mistakes, things like that. I think if you can't get small points like that right or read over your work before you send it off and it's such an important piece of work that the applicant's going to be sending off as well because it's their future career if you can't take the opportunity to read through that and make sure that's right then it just doesn't give off a very good first impression um i also think as well you can tell when somebody just has a bank of standard paragraphs that they look at the firm and say oh that firm does conveyance in or that firm does whatever let's stick the conveyance in paragraph in or let's stick the childcare paragraph in and it's very obvious as well that the, the amount of research that somebody's done into your firm and when they're just sending you generic letters that they're sending to everyone um i know because i've been there and i appreciate that it takes a lot of time to get everything all these documents ready and these applications ready but um just taking that extra 10-15 minutes to look on the firm's website to see what you can talk about specifically rather than generally will stand you apart from um, everybody else and it, is, it bumps you up the up the list relatively easily um, and I suppose the other third thing I would say is just make sure that um, if you're filling out application forms that you read the question and you answer the question you know whenever you start a new paragraph go back to the question and think now am I answering this um, it's important obviously to to make sure that you're doing that and don't go off on a tangent i suppose those would be my main tips um, my main main issues when I'm, I'm looking at the numerous applications we get through excellent and what advice would you give to an individual about to start their training contract um we've got top tips um never try and always say yes to anything and everything get involved with as much as you can um, so that's the only way you'll get to know people in the firm and know people in the, the legal community. Um, you know, for example, it's a bit different in the current circumstances, but I remember when I was a, a trainee, um, the marketing manager coming to me on a Friday afternoon saying, we've got a space at the Law Society dinner tonight. Can you come, please? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, but you just say yes. And, you know, Sometimes it won't, you won't be able to do it because you have other plans, but try and go to as many different things as you can. And I remember thinking how daunting it was going to be that I was going to have to sit on this table with all the, the partners of the law firm. I didn't know many of them. I was going to have to get dressed up. Um, I didn't have long um, to get ready. But it's just so invaluable to spend time with senior members of, of the firm and your colleagues um, just to get to know them and for them to get to know you because you get opportunities then 
they lead on to other opportunities for you um, and you never know who you're going to meet in these things so always try and get involved um, and go to as many events marketing opportunities as you can it can be it's you know it can be scary going to things on your own but um, take a deep breath go get it done um, and and it'll certainly be worth it um, and obviously confidence will grow then as uh, the more things you go to the more confidence you get to be able to deal with things um, my other advice is to you know keep keep to-do lists um if somebody asks you to do a job then make sure you know when they need it back by um and if you're struggling and think i can't do all this i've got too much work on then speak to somebody um and say you know i'm struggling can you please help me can you give me some guidance because we'll have all been there um and we'll know exactly how you're feeling and we'll be able to help um, and the other top tip um, is if you make a mistake, um, then, then own up to it. Go and speak to somebody. A problem shared is a problem halved. Um, it's better to tell somebody because you're not going to, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Um, and usually once you actually reflect on the mistake you've made, it's never as bad as you think it is. And mistakes can always be rectified one way or another and so unresolved. Um, the other the other final not so serious tip would be make a tea round um, everybody loves a cup of tea um, everybody likes to be offered a cup of tea not only shows that you're mucking in and you're a team player but it also gives you an opportunity to chat to other staff you know if they look busy then don't start don't stand in the doorway and talk to them for half an hour but ask them how they are show some sort of interest um, in them um, and show you know that you're a team player that would be my, my favorite top tips. I could probably have plenty more, but um, those are probably the main ones. Excellent. Well, that's a great place to leave things this week. Thank you so much, Sophie, for coming on the podcast. It was fascinating to learn about Sophie's journey and the fact that she has almost a dual role of heading up the team and being the trainee principal. I think it was beneficial to learn about the importance of work experience, not just in the sense of padding out that CV, but in terms of learning the area of law you want to cover and also the kind of firm you want to work in as well, as they are all, all different ultimately. And I think it was strong advice to make sure that you're doing your research on your covering letters when applying for work experience or training contracts and making sure that it's not generic. It was also important to note that to make sure that your training contract applications are properly formatted and clearly show the research you've done, while also ensuring that it's um, targeted to what the application is asking of you and not being based off of templates that you have. And also the importance of saying yes, making sure that you're mixing with the higher-ups in the firm so they can put a face to a name. We'll be back soon with more content. I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, edition of Life and Law. And take care, and thank you very much for listening.